Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Thank you, Almighty God, for a chance to be in your house. We ask that your peace would descend upon us, that your joy would fill us, that we would be aware of your presence. And that we would celebrate your presence, not just today and tomorrow, but for the rest of our lives. Uh, Move within us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The scripture lesson this morning comes from Luke chapter 2. It's the first seven verses. And uh, I know you know this passage uh, because all of you have watched uh, Linus say it. Um, But it is that story, isn't it? It's that all-important story. Um, It's the story of Jesus and His birth. And so in Luke chapter 2 we read, In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor in Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register And so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn. A son. And she wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing this God's most holy word. Thank you, Almighty God, for a chance to come into your house and worship you and a chance to listen to your word. Thank you for a chance to celebrate your birth. Thank you for a chance to be together and experience you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you open your word to us. We do ask that you would speak to us, that our ears and our hearts would be open. And I ask, Father, that you would speak through me, though I'm unworthy, except by your incredible grace. And so would you receive all our praise and all the glory, for you are our Lord and our King. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Always wondered. I've always wondered if I'd been at the stable that night. Would I have seen a king or just a baby? If I'd stood there with the shepherds listening to stories about choirs of angels, would I have asked, what child is this? Or would I have known that he someday would be the shepherd of all? If I'd watched wise men bring valuable gifts and kneel down under the guard of heavenly wonders, would I have understood that he was the one in whom I'd find all wisdom? And that he was the greatest gift of all. Just as that baby was held by his mother. He would hold me. He would hold me with his amazing grace. And his adoption by his father Joseph would be a picture of my adoption into God's family. Who could comprehend that this baby who was 
defenseless, swaddled, and hailed, would someday be the one holding me in his hands. I didn't witness a star moving across the sky. Or scores of angels proclaiming his birth. But somehow, in the middle of my ordinary world, this extraordinary baby's birth found a place in my worn down, beat up heart. So like all those people who saw him, He's the one I've been waiting for. To repair me. Redeem me. Love me. Forgive me. Comfort me. Help me. Die for me. Raise me to life. So what child is this? He's the one who comes to save me. He's the one who comes to save me. To save me. To save me. He's the one who comes to save me. What child is this? We've been asking that question all Christmas season, and we have seen many answers. We have seen the, the shepherds and their need and desire for a leader, uh, one who would uh, lead the people in a way that would be holy and just and righteous. And we, we heard from... Um, not just the shepherds, but um, we heard from Mary as she looked at that child and she saw that that child was the Son of God. Not just her child, but God's child. And how that would rock your world. And then we heard from Joseph and, and Joseph saw this child as the righteousness, the, the righteousness that he was so desperately looking for trying to be good, trying to be right, only to discover that rightness comes from that relationship with that child, Jesus the Christ. And then last week, we, we went with the wise men. We discovered that Jesus was what they were looking for. He was the destination that they'd longed for all their lives. What child is this to you? We come to this last day and uh, before Christmas, uh, and tonight we'll gather and we'll do the candles and we'll do all the good, you know, feel-good stuff. But the question is, who is this child to you? And that's what we want to look at today. Who is this child to you? You see, it's fun to talk about Christmas and to talk about gifts. And, uh, you know, I love those gifts that are the all-in-one, right? Uh, you know, when you, can, when you can get that gift that just covers all the bases at one shot. And, and uh, you know, I don't know if uh, this utility knife has everything, but it's working on it awful hard. Uh, those are the kind of gifts that when, when you get an all-in-one gift, you don't have to give a whole lot of gifts. You just give the one gift because that one gift meets every need. And so I'm always looking for, I always like to find that all-in-one gift. For one, it's usually cheaper. Uh, not that I'm cheap. Uh, thrifty. Thank you, Kenny. I'm thrifty. Uh, but, but I'm always looking for that, that gift that kind of meets the need of the one who is receiving it. But, but I also like to get gifts that stretch you. That stretch you. Um, we frequently buy games for Christmas because um, we, we discovered that on Christmas Day, everybody would open their gifts and then kind of disappear, whether in a book or, or whatever, uh, as they got older. So we decided we'd buy a game, and we have what's called Force Family Fun 
on Christmas Day. And, and, and so uh, we like to find games that are new and different and, and hard to understand and, and frustrating to play because that makes it forced family fun. But it stretches you. And, and a gift that stretches you is important, isn't it? A gift that really makes you think. I, mean, I remember one year for Christmas, I got this gift. It was a puzzle. It was a bunch of interlocking rings with a rod through it and a, a string. I don't know if you've ever seen those. I mean, they're old now. But, um, and and you, you had to get the rod out. And I spent years <laughs> having fun. It stretched me. And I, I had to really think, how does this work? How can I get this piece to come apart? Uh, it's good to have a gift that stretches you. It's good to have a gift that meets your needs. And of course, this morning we celebrate that gift, don't we? Because when that child came, when Jesus came, He came not just uh, to the shepherds, and not just to the wise men, and, and not just to Mary, and not just to Joseph, and that child came to us as the all-in-one. You see, if you have Jesus... You don't need anything else. And if you have Jesus, Jesus is going to stretch you. We, we see that in the story, as a matter of fact. Because you see, uh, when the wise men came and the shepherds came, they, they all gathered there. My guess is that, that they all wanted to hold Jesus. One of the things I love about being in the ministry, and, and it's getting harder because women have babies and they don't stay in the hospital long enough, but one, one of the things I really enjoy is going to the hospital when that newborn has arrived. I don't want to be there while it's coming, but when that newborn arrives... I love when they get it all cleaned up to go in and have that opportunity to hold that child. There's something incredible about that child. And when I was at Mott Children's Hospital, I held babies the size of my palm. Incredible. How small and how precious and alive. And those, those wise men, those shepherds, I don't know if they had an opportunity to hold Jesus or not, but my guess is they wanted to hold Him because they wanted Him to recognize them and he, they wanted them, Him to know that they cared for Him. Look, the wise men brought gifts. The shepherds brought excitement. Everybody was all excited about this baby. What's amazing is what they really needed was not an opportunity to hold the baby. What they really needed was an opportunity for the baby to hold them. You see, when we hold the baby, we think somehow we are in control. Like somehow we can manipulate them. That's, that's the, the, the struggle of Christmas, isn't it? Because there is the Christ, the Christ child, the Messiah. And yet it would be easy, we think, because he's a child, to get him to do what we would want him to do. And so, if we could just hold him, he would have to cuddle up to us. You see. If we could hold him, then he would have to eat from our hands. 
if we could hold him, then we would be in charge. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus didn't come for us to hold him. He came to hold us. And it's an awesome thing when you allow the Savior of the world to hold you. Because you see, He comes to grab hold of you and to take away all the things that have come into your life to destroy you. What are some of those things that you need Jesus to hold you for? One of the things I love about Jesus is that when He holds us, He heals our brokenness. Christmas is a time for many in which the brokenness just comes all, all out in ugly colors. Because if you're having trouble in your marriage, the financial struggle of Christmas can make it even worse. And if you've lost someone you love, Christmas just brings that all to mind. And when you walk through Christmas and, and you've been broken because someone has hurt you or someone has offended you, and you come to the Christmas season and that friend that you would normally buy a gift for, you really don't want to buy that gift because of your brokenness. Jesus wants to take you in His arms and heal that brokenness. Notice I said heal the brokenness, not take it away. He wants to heal that brokenness. Jesus wants to take you into his arms and take away that bitterness. That bitterness, not that any of you are bitter, um, but if you are, I, I love the, the old guy on the movie Up. If you don't know who this is, that's who it is. And he, he's a crotchety old man. Uh, and bitter in a lot of ways. Bitter because he lost the love of his life. And bitterness can grab you and, and take you down very quickly. But when you know the love of Jesus, when you allow Him to hold you, He begins to melt that bitterness away. We sometimes sing that song, um, Melting All My... How's that go? I'm sorry? Melting all my bitterness, right? Changing all my ugliness. Melting all my bitterness. That's what Jesus wants to do, especially at the Christmas time. To remind you of His love as He takes you in His arms. You see, uh, the other thing He wants to do is protect us from ourselves, by the way. I, I didn't have a, a picture for that, but I, I want to remind you of that. He wants to protect us from ourselves. You say, I don't need protecting from myself. That's kind of crazy. Oh, yes, you do. <laughs> Oh, yes, we do. Because you see, inside of us, we, we have this tendency to be all about us. We've learned it, and we've learned it well, and we try to live it. And even at Christmas, it kind of sneaks in every once in a while. We, we know that Christmas is about giving, but, you know, I really would like and I really want. And so Christmas begins to become more about us than about Him. And He would come to protect us from ourselves, and, and to forgive us, heal us, set us free. You see, we, we call that selfishness a part of what we call sin. And 
sin is just this ugliness that we have in our lives. And Jesus came to wash that ugliness away. And a lot of people try to wash that away by being good or to give more gifts or to be more special. But you can't get rid of it that way. There's only one way. And that's to have it forgiven. And Jesus is the only one who can do that if you'd let him hold you. You see, Jesus is a Savior, but Jesus isn't just a Savior. Jesus is that life-changing gift. Life-changing gift. You see, it was life-changing for Mary and Joseph, wasn't it? To have Jesus. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, for the rest of their lives, they had to do all they could to bring Jesus up and to raise Him, to make sure He was healthy, protected, cared for. There were people trying to kill Him constantly. And they had to bear that and try to encourage and, and try to get through that. They, they had to bear, Mary had to bear that ugliness as the whole community turned against her son. It changed her life forever. It changed Joseph's life forever. It changed Caesar's life forever. You think about that? Caesar, who issued this decree, who thought he was in charge. And yet Jesus came and changed all of that. Because Jesus came to lead not just the Jews, but to lead the world. And Caesar had to understand who this guy was and and what a threat he might be. You see, when we're trying to be in control, we're, we're always concerned about the threat around us. But when we allow Jesus to hold us, then all of a sudden we can begin to see that He wants to change us as well. If you don't let Him hold you, if you don't let Him in your life, He won't change you at all. You'll be the same. But Jesus came to shake things up. That's why He came. Now, we love this little uh, you know, image of Jesus in the manger and Mary and Joseph and peace, and we, we sing away in a manger, and, and we like it to be all good and clean and nice, but we know the manger was anything but clean and anything but nice. I love the little kids. You know it stunk. They weren't sure why it stunk, but they had heard it stunk in the stable, uh, and certainly it did. There was a lot of chaos, a lot of confusion. There's a lot of danger. There's a lot of struggle. And Jesus came to step into that and to shake things up. We always think of Jesus as coming to bring us uh, a place where everything is good. But you know what I've learned? When you're in the center of Jesus' will, that's probably the most dangerous place you could be. Because Jesus always stretches us, always challenges us, always shakes up our world. And when He shakes up our world, it's not a peaceful moment on the outside. The only peace there could be is that which is on the inside. The peace of knowing Jesus as your Lord, as your life-changing gift. You see, some people think if you win the lottery, your life will change. I don't think that really happens. From what I know, most people who win the lottery spend it all and actually end up in debt in the end. So perhaps that is life-changing. But you know what I bet? I bet those people would have been in debt whether or not they won the lottery. 
I don't think the lottery changes your life. I think the lottery changes uh, or brings to light who you really are. But what's awesome is when Jesus comes into your life, He changes you on the inside. So you're not the same as you were before. So this Christmas, if Jesus were to come to your house, whether as a baby or as an adult, would Jesus find you different than you were last year when He came to your house? Or the same? See, Jesus is that life-changing gift. And lastly, um, the shepherds come and they are told to tell the story. And they go and they tell the story. They share the story with everybody. And then the wise men come and the wise men go and they share the story. As a matter of fact, they start sharing the story before they even arrive because they're looking for Jesus. So they're telling everybody, the Messiah has been born. Where is He? And so word is getting out and the messengers are going out. And they're sharing the story. You see, the awesome thing about Jesus is that Jesus is a gift to be re-gifted. Here's the manger scene in today's culture. Jesus is meant to be re-gifted. In other words, Jesus is meant to be shared with someone else, not to be held on to for yourself. When Jesus holds on to you, He holds on to you so that you can be healed, so that you can be changed and move out and share that with somebody else. What would happen if you were to re-gift Jesus this Christmas? In other words, what would happen if you were really to allow Jesus to come into your life in such a way that you would share with someone else what Jesus has done for you? that you would share with someone else that God loves you so much that He came to earth in the flesh because He loved you. Not not because He loved the world, although He does, but because He loved you. You see, we share the story like it's a, a story you might read and it's out there. Well, you know, there was this Jesus and He was born in a stable. He lived and, and He was a good person and, and uh, God you know, sent angels and and all that good stuff. And then then he lived and died and rose again from the dead. That's an awesome story and that's a true story. But you have to receive the gift to re-gift it, don't you? If you don't open it up, it's not yours to share. So you can listen to the story and never open it up. You can listen to hear about Jesus and never really ask Jesus to come into your life. And maybe that's why you don't have anything to share. But if Jesus has come into your life, then you have something awesome to share. You have a God who loves, and who loves not only you, but the person you're sharing with. A God who changes you and would love to change the person you're sharing with. A God who has come. A God who has come to save us. Couldn't you share that with someone? You see, Jesus came not just as a Savior, a life-changing gift, and a gift to re-give, 
But he's the one who came to make Christmas what it is. It's not about the gifts. It's not about the big guy with the belly and the red uniform. It's not about your family coming, as neat as that is. It's simply about this. God love, loves you so much that He sent His Son Jesus to this earth as a baby to live like you and I live and experience struggles like you and I experience struggles and to show us that God is at work in the midst of our struggles in our lives. And then he had Jesus go all the way to the cross where he died. Where he died after living a perfect life so that we who have lived a sinful life might be forgiven, might be healed, might be protected, might be transformed. And then he rose again from the dead to remind us that this isn't all there is. That's what Christmas is really all about. What will you celebrate tomorrow? What child is this to you? Let's bow for a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, thank you for your love and for the gift of salvation you give us for a chance to celebrate your birth and remember that you came for us. For a chance to spend some time singing songs that, that draw us into your presence so that we would be changed today and not be the same as we were yesterday or last year. Thank you, Lord, for bringing us here that we might be saved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.